This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I've got a take on the Elon Musk Twitter thing. This is a huge story. This is not a story about a single investor buying into a company. It happens all the time. I want to tell you why it matters, why their offer this morning Twitter to Elon of a board seat matters. I've got that. I've got this Disney thing, but from a different angle as well. Why the Disney thing is related to the Elon thing, which is related to the Twitter thing, which is related to the big tech thing. But to tie it all together, this may be the most loaded show we've ever done. And I'm not kidding. That's why we had to start a little late today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino show. Like I said, the Elon story, BlackRock, everybody all tied in together here. I'm going to show you why it matters. Got a ton of audio and video for you. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. survival rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, here we go, bro. So it is, yes, here we go. It's right. There's a lot to go to today. There is, this is very important to diagnose how we got here. How we got here, meaning the breakdown in the culture wars, the attacks on our kids, the uh, move away from faith, family, freedom, capitalism into a BLM oriented defund the police, teach the kids sexuality and that they're racist society. How did we get here? If we don't diagnose it, we're liable to repeat this thing again, this cycle of destruction, and we're not going to do it. There are a lot of reasons why we got here, and I don't mean to oversimplify, but if I had to triage the problem. And say, what were the two most important failures on the conservative side where we lost this fight that led to the position we're in now? Moving towards a socialist-based economy with censorship and totalitarian principles, I would say, number one, the schools, the fights in the schools. And I would say, number two, the loss of influence on corporate boards. The left took over the schools decades ago and have been indoctrinating our kids K through 12 all the way into college and university, they have been destroying our kids' minds. The left's takeover of corporate boards at major companies has made the companies go along with the leftist Green New Deal agenda, their socialist agenda, their uh, stakeholder uh, rather than shareholder agenda. Look that up, you know, they, they, where they want everybody to have a take in a company, even if you're not an investor. And the fact that these corporations now donate to leftist causes. Schools and corporate boards have done incredible, incredible damage to the constitutional republic. The question now, are we at a fork in the road? And I think the answer is yes. I think the Disney, the Leah Thomas situation, the attempted sexualizing of kids in, in, in uh, K through 12 schools and in and, and kindergarten, as early as kindergarten, the teaching of kids to be radical racists, um, the pushing of a formerly family friendly company, Disney to sexualize kids in kindergarten. I think it's created a massive divot here. There is a, an inflection point. There's a fork in the road. Going forward, everybody understands we're in a war. And conservatives' eyes are open. Here's what I mean. The Blaze had an article yesterday. Made me think of the theme to today's show. Get back to business. A Disney shareholder blasts the company for wasting shareholders' money on political crusades. This is in addition to viral posts from Disney insiders and employees saying they're tired of this nonsense. It's time to dip for Disney to do Disney stuff, which is making good family-friendly content for people to enjoy and be entertained by. Do you want to do this political stuff? Go right ahead. 
Do it on your own time. The shareholders are now saying, stop wasting my money. I invested in the company to take on political causes I have no interest with or I do. I am interested and I disagree with you. Go to work. Go to work. Go to work. You want to run for office, Disney? Run for office to the, to the Disney board. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, the left took over corporate boards like Disney a long time ago. And one of the ways they've taken, you have an ETF? You know what an ETF is? Not ATF, ETF. An ETF is uh, one of these funds you buy into so you don't have to buy and manage individual stocks. You know what they are. ETF, they buy a portfolio, so they invest it for you. It's a way for people to get involved with the market, diversify their risk portfolio, buy a lot of stocks, and not have to buy and sell and day trade every day. ETFs are really popular. You know, some ETFs and these investment funds have hundreds of billions of dollars in assets. Well, they take those hundreds of billions of dollars in assets, and you know what they do? They buy influence in major corporations in America through their stock prices, and they vote their shares, meaning they can get companies to go left really fast. Nobody diagnoses this problem, and I mean nobody, better than Vivek Ramaswamy. He was on with Will Cain this past weekend on Fox talking about exactly this problem, how big investment firms like BlackRock, which take your money, you think you're voting in your pension fund and the ETF, they take your money. And then they vote these companies far left. That's what happened to Disney. Here's Vivek explaining and diagnosing the problem right here. Check this out. Yeah, so let me give you some insight. And this may actually even be confusing to a lot of people who see Disney doing business in countries ranging from Japan to cruise lines going to islands in the Caribbean where gay marriage is banned, where they don't say a peep. Why is that? So a lot of people look at the situation and think that CEO Bob Chappick was bending the knee to 20 employees who complained about him and are confused about why he's doing it. There's a quieter under, undercurrent here too, Will. If you look at who are the top shareholders of Disney, it is BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, the three largest asset managers in the United States who collectively manage over $20 trillion, by the way, that's more than the GDP of the United States, who are the shareholders, technically the bosses of the CEOs, who quietly tell them that exactly these are the kinds of social agendas that they want to see them pushing. So Hmm. actually, if you're a CEO in a public company today, you find yourself sandwiched not just between your progressive woke employees and people who on the outside wonder why are they bending the knee to them, it's that when you look at your alleged bosses, the quote unquote shareholders, they're actually quietly whispering in your ear that they want to see you doing the same things too. So it runs far deeper and it's far more complicated. But the problem, Will, and you know this well, is that those shareholders aren't the actual shareholders. They're actually the everyday citizens of this country who entrust those institutions with their money. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Vivek Ramaswamy. Maybe you should have him on my Fox show this weekend and talk about this. You spent, so just to be clear, You have $10,000 you want to invest. You don't want to day trade every day on stocks. You invest in an ETF, electronically traded fund, right? It diversifies its risk, buys a lot of different stock. You know what? Most of the time, I'll be honest with you, a lot of people don't even know what's in the ETF. They just know they have stocks, right? So they have this ETF. ETF, say, is managed by an investment company. Say BlackRock manages your investments, right? They take that money and buy shares. When they pool it, with millions of other Americans, $10,000 investments, they've got a lot of sway. They can make one investment decision in a company and influence an entire company. Think about it. If they own, say, 10% of a company, that's a lot. Say they own 10% of Facebook, BlackRock. If they tell Facebook, I want you to get woke and make a donation to BLM, follow me, and they say no, BlackRock can say, all right, we're just going to sell your shares. Do you have any idea the damage that would do to the stock price if you were to sell 10% of the shares of Facebook? All the shareholders of Facebook, and specifically the board, they have options. They can't even exercise those options and get paid if the stock doesn't reach a certain price. How's the stock going to reach a certain price if BlackRock sells 10%? That's a lot. Sounds kind of like what Elon Musk just bought in Twitter. Oh, oh, now it's, oh yeah, now it's starting to make a, make a little sense. We'll get to that in a minute too. Hold that thought. So BlackRock pools money from all these investors. BlackRock's run by a lefty lunatic, Larry Fink. Larry Fink is as woke as woke gets. And he takes your money. You think you're investing in your pension. What you're really investing in is wokeism through BlackRock. Here, here's Larry Fink from BlackRock. 
telling everyone how, you know, they really admire these totalitarian governments. You know, Democrats are too, democracy is way too messy. This is the CEO of one of the largest investment funds in the country, in the world. He can force companies to do things like that just by buy and sell decisions. Here, check him out. Uh, Uncertainty. Markets don't like uncertainty. Markets like actually totalitarian governments where you have a uh, understanding of what's out there and obviously we're uh, the whole dimension is changing now with uh, as you said a democratization of uh, of countries and and democracies are very messy as we know in the united states uh, you have opinions changing back and forth he admires totalitarian governments this guy's buy or sell decisions with a stock can sink your company like that he winks and nods and goes, hey, you really should make a donation to this uh, Green New Deal, uh, you know, uh, the Save the Polar Bears Fund. You damn well better do it. Matter of fact, what we'd really like you to do is to use your lobbyist branch as well to lobby AOC and others to push for even more radical Green New Deal stuff. You better do it. Here's Larry Fink here again from BlackRock saying how he likes to force companies to do these things. Keep in mind, he's not hiding it. This is Larry Fink in his own words. I'm not paraphrasing his words. They're his words. Check this out. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. You have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Yes, you are forcing behaviors, aren't you? You see why the Disney shareholder thing is so important? BlackRock having a stake in all of these companies, pushing them to the left. Their buy and sell decisions can sink the company. If you are a manager or a board member or a C-suite executive, because of capital gains versus income tax laws, it is more beneficial for you to get your, a lot of your income as done in capital gains. It's risky, though. Is, do you guys all understand? I'm sorry. I know I'm, I may be talking down to a lot of the advanced folks who understand the economics of this, but some people have, you know, they're just not your job to understand how options and all this stuff works. Because of the, uh, the tax advantages of the capital gains tax being lower than the income tax, it is better for you if the company succeeds to be paid in shares rather than income because the income tax would be higher. But there's a risk in that. Joe, if this isn't making sense, stop right. me. The risk is no, I was gonna say, if, yeah. if the company's stock, say you get paid an option, Joe Armacost does not get paid by Bungino Inc. unless our stock hits $100 a share. But if you do, you get a lot of money. Great. If it hits 100 a share, you may make a lot of money. You may make a million dollars this year. The catch is if it doesn't hit 100, you make nothing. Zero. Now do you see why Larry Fink is so powerful? If you're an executive at Fakebook, or Disney, and you're paid in options because the capital gains rate is, uh, is far less than the income tax rate. If this guy sells the stock, he sinks any income. You don't get paid for squat. These people have to kiss his ass. Just like they'll have to kiss Elon's ass. That explain why they offered him a board seat this morning? You think Twitter's doing it because they like Elon Musk? You think the liberal lunatics at Twitter like him? A couple of them quit yesterday. I'm not wicked for Elon Musk. Why'd they offer him a board seat? Why? Why do you think, Joe? You think it's better to have Elon Musk on the inside and give him a board seat uh, or to have him on the outside where he could sink your stock? What do you think? Bring him on in, brother. Bring him in. Bring him on in, brother. Bring him on in, brother. You should write an article at Bongito.com. Joe Armacost, take on Elon. Bring him on in, brother. You're <laughs> damn right. Better damn well have him on the inside. You don't want him on the outside where you can't control him. By the way, good luck controlling Elon Musk. Good luck with that. Folks, the left can't survive here without censorship. And the leftist woke companies of the world have figured that out, that it's far better off to be kissing the ass of the liberal left in government and to have them you know, potentially leave you alone than it is to be on the outside and be a subject of their attack. So the left needs censorship for their agenda to move forward. That's why these big tech companies and these leftist corporations, that's why it's been so important for them to take over these corporate boards. Censorship is king on the left. Tucker covered this last night in relationship to Elon. Why Elon buying into Twitter? Twitter's commitment to censorship may be in trouble now because of Elon, who owns 10%. I just told you how it works, right? Tucker covered it last night. And he also covered it at the end. Do you notice there are things you can't say now because of places like Twitter, which will ban you? 
I thought we were a country of free speech. Ha! Huh? Not so much. Check this out. Censorship is essentially the hallmark of neoliberalism. Have you noticed that? Our leaders seem to spend a lot more time trying to control what we say and think than trying to improve our country. And that means that anyone who utters the wrong words, even accidentally, gets fired or banned or ostracized or even charged with a crime. We've seen that, too. We don't need to give you more examples of it. They are literally everywhere. If you live here, you're deeply familiar with it. But censorship now defines America's public conversation. We spend an awful lot of time complaining about that on this show. We probably don't spend enough time asking, what is this all about? Why are the authorities suddenly so intent on controlling our words? Why are they so afraid of free speech? This is a new thing, and the answer is pretty simple. It's an act of self-preservation. If voters were allowed to think for themselves, the entire system would teeter and possibly collapse. Sound like an overstatement? Okay. Consider the ideas that the people in power use to justify their power and their rule over you. Here are some of their slogans, not one of which you're allowed to disagree with. Here they go. America is a racist country. White supremacy is our biggest threat. January 6th was a coup. Ukraine is a vitally important ally. Gender is a social construct. Climate change is an existential crisis. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And so on. Could not have said it any better. Tucker just nailed it right there. Could not have said it any better. I had just explained to you why corporate boards matter and schools matter. We opened up the show saying there are two ways we got here. The first way, take over the schools. The second way, corporate boards going left because of pressure by leftists running investment funds and leftist billionaires buying into companies. Okay? Everybody understands that. Mm-hmm. The corporate boards matter because the income of everyone in the company, especially the really rich people on the boards and in the C-suites, the executives, are usually dependent on stock options. Stock options, you getting paid, depends on the stock going up. If you have a major stockholder like BlackRock or Elon Musk buying 9 to 10% of the company, they can sink your livelihood like that. And by the way, if you're a C-suite executive that's in charge when the company's stock price tanks because Elon Musk or BlackRock sells, you're never getting another job again because nobody wants a CPO, a CTO, a CIO, or a CEO who was in charge when the company's stock went down 15%. You get it? Got it? Bingo. This is why the censorship and Elon Musk taking over Twitter with a 10%, close to 10% share is so damaging to the left and why they'll melt down. Think of all the things you can't say the left is controlled because they control the corporate boards of Twitter. Let's go through them one by one. Tucker mentioned them already. Can't talk about Ukraine. Here, we played this yesterday. Put this up yesterday. Reclaim the net. Google to demonetize sites that dismiss the Russia-Ukraine war. You have a different idea about Ukraine? You're not allowed. Big tech said so. The board told you that at Google. No free speech there. All these things Tucker mentioned, you're not allowed to say. Remember January 6th? Not allowed to put that up or talk about that either. Here, Forbes. You think I'm making this up? YouTube is taking down raw footage from the Capitol riot as it tries to crack down on misinformation. Here, you want to talk about climate change? Ha, good luck. BBC, Google, YouTube, ban ads on climate misinformation. Oh, crazy. Oh, we lived in a country of free speech. You want to talk about voting and upcoming elections? Good luck on that one. Reuters exclusive Facebook to ban misinformation on voting in upcoming U.S. elections. You want to just use language that uh, you, you, you know, you like to use, but Google doesn't like. Can't do that either. Reclaim the net. New Google Docs featured uh, features going to flag potentially discriminatory or inappropriate language. Good luck. Tell me again how we live in a free speech society. These leftist companies aligning with leftist politicians who push them to ban things. Big leftist investors buy in on the board and push them to censor and they censor. Do you now see why the Elon story is such a big deal and why the left is going to lose their minds over the next week as Tucker predicted last night? Elon Musk, Joe, will be accused of being a racist, a puppy hater. He'll hate old people. He definitely will hate women. Minorities, immigrants, aliens, people from Mars, you name it, Elon Musk will be accused of hating them in the coming weeks. You watch, and now you know why. All right, I got more on this in a second, and I'm going to, again, elaborate on this is why Elon owning 9% is so important for Twitter, why this changes everything. A lot of people downplaying this a little bit. Um, 
but since the details broke since yesterday, I've changed my mind on this significantly. You can probably tell by the tone of yesterday's conversation and today's. More information is coming. That's why I always wait. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So um, I just saw this article pop about it in just the news. And again, talks about the importance of why Elon's deal is so big. So conservatives are now pushing Elon Musk, Musk to use his Twitter stake to restore Trump's account. Now, I, I've seen a lot of people, um, some commentary on this. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's never going to happen. Well, number one, Trump would have to want to get back on. He's got his own platform, Truth Social, which contrary to the you know endless cornucopia of leftist hit pieces, Ladies and gentlemen, True Social is doing not just fine, but spectacular. Believe me, I wouldn't spin your wheels on that. I have an account there. The interaction is through the roof. I have over 500,000 followers. I've only been on there about a month. They're afraid Trump would get back on. Why? Because of what I just told you. Censorship is the key to leftist ideology and indoctrination moving forward. The left has to gaslight people to continue. They have to lie. They have to lie often. They have to lie confidently about everything from school choice to taxes, to healthcare, to Obamacare, to transsexual ideology, to CRT. They have to lie about it. The only way the lie sticks is if they can isolate you from the truth and prevent you from seeing the truth. And the key to that component of gaslighting is censorship. That's how they isolate you from the truth and keep people stupid. That Elon Musk bought this share will be so influential and could potentially put Trump back on and allow Twitter to have an open conversation about this stuff is causing them major heartburn. Now, as of yesterday, due to his, the way he did his filings with the SEC, it appeared Elon Musk filed as a passive investor, meaning he wasn't looking to take over the company. A lot of information broke since yesterday, why I was very cautious about the story. Here's the issue going forward. Folks, I'm, I kid you not, on big tech, this is probably one of the most important segments I've done in, in the last six months to a year, should pay very close attention. Here's why this matters too. I explained to you the financial angle of him buying in and how his buy or sell decisions can impact the entire Twitter. Nobody at Twitter, nobody at Twitter will get paid if Elon Musk sells his share. No one. They'll all be screwed, okay? They better kiss his ass. They better. Imagine poor Joe working every day and Guy never getting a paycheck because I decided to sell stock in my own company and I buried him, <laughs> I pay him in options. Now, he filed as a passive investor. If he becomes an activist investor, which is just simply a paperwork change, folks, it's not a big deal. Elon, we're talking about here. And he changes Twitter and says, we will not be banning people based on political ideology anymore. We are going to follow simple terms of service. If you're breaking the law, we'll pull the information down. If not, no matter how offensive the speech is, we're leaving it up. Okay. Say he does that. The Twitter, he has enough clout. To put it, I'm not saying it would be a given because 9% is a lot, but it's obviously not the whole company. There's 90% he doesn't own, right? But he owns the most. Say he moves Twitter to a free speech platform. So they're sitting in a boardroom, let's game time this, shop talk this. And he says, listen, fellas, here's what we're going to do. Um, we're not banning political speech anymore. Uh, we're only going to ban criminal stuff and that's it. And they say, ah, we're woke uh, buffoons. We want to... We went to Oberlin College or Berkeley. We're not doing that. Okay, I'm going to sell. Well, now you have an interesting decision, don't you? You're on the board. You're like, Joe, you're sitting there going, gosh, do I take a paycheck now? I've been working here five years. I've got these stock options. He sells. I'm out of money. Um, or do I stick to wokeism? Yes. Now you have consequences for wokeism, right? Now you have consequences. So Twitter's going to have to make some big boy decisions soon if Elon decides he's going to make it a free speech platform. But let's chalk talk it through a little more. Say Elon wins. Elon says, we are going back to free speech. We're, we're break, you break the law, you're out. Other than that, free speech platform. Well, what happens next? Having lived through this with Parler, I have an intimate experience of exactly how this happens and how they screw you over. Let's just say Twitter that has a deal with AWS, as you can see from this TechCrunch tech crunch article, Twitter taps AWS for its latest foray into the public cloud. What's AWS? 
Amazon Web Services. Twitter's hosted on Amazon. Amazon, Apple, and Google, didn't they pull Parler down, Joe, if I remember correctly? I think I was part of that. They pulled yeah. Parler down for alleging you know, hate speech and promoting violence and all that stuff. So wouldn't it be really weird if Twitter's terms of service were even looser than Parler and Truth's terms of service because Elon pushed it? Wouldn't that force Apple and Google and Amazon to pull Twitter off the internet? Oh, Dan, they wouldn't do that. I agree. But then it creates a really weird problem, doesn't it? Because if you don't pull Twitter down for being a free speech platform, you will have no legal justification going forward in the future to pull down any conservative platform that has the same free speech uh, terms of service. And all everyone would do is copy Twitter's terms of service at that point. <laughs> you get it? Elon yeah. Musk changed the whole game. Either they ignore Elon and they crack down on, on conservative free speech even more. Elon sells his stock and can crush the entire company. Or they agree with Elon. They make money. They put Apple, Google, and Amazon on notice. We're going to be a free speech platform, which then puts Apple, Google, and Amazon in a totally untenable position. Gosh, free speech. If we ban them, we'll have to ban Parler and Truth too. And if we ban Parler and Truth and Getter and, and all of these other free speech platforms, we'll have nothing left in the app store. What do we do? What do we do? But if we leave Twitter up, then we can't ban Parler or, or uh, Truth Social in the future because we didn't ban Twitter and we'd probably be sued because they have looser terms of service. Oh, my God. What do we do? See, folks, nobody's talking about this because they haven't lived through it like I did. They haven't lived through it like I did. I'm sorry. I'm not patting myself on the back. Believe me. Mistakes were made. I get it. I get it. Believe me. I get it. But nobody is talking about the then what? They are effed. Effed. Big tech. Elon Musk just changed the whole game. Now, say Elon does push it towards a free speech platform which you'll have to do to, to rescue Twitter and Apple and Google are forced because they don't like Donald Trump coming back. So I played it for say Donald Trump is admitted back on the platform. Cause Elon says free speech, right? Joe Donald Trump tweets something they don't like Twitter. Can't take it down. Elon says, no, what does Apple and Google do? Apple and Google and I've already committed to attacking Donald Trump and banning his content. They'd be forced to pull it down. Right? So what does the left do then? Does the left start over with a new Twitter? Because if you're not on the app store, you don't exist. Good luck. Left tried to start over one time. Joe, you're familiar with it. Remember Air America, Joe? Yes. When the left tried to start from scratch oh, their own liberal talk radio play, Joe's laughing because, well, you know why Joe's laughing? Because no one remembers Air America other than broadcast <laughs> pros like Joe. Because it lasted about five years, immediately yeah. lost money because nobody gave a damn about liberals talking about liberalism on the radio. He's like, I never heard of it. Of course you haven't. Joe has, because Joe's been in this business almost as long as I've been alive. So how do you think Twitter, if they got banned from the app store, which Google would be forced to do, if they had to start over with a new company called Liberal Maniac Twitter, how do you think that would do knowing Air America failed? Good luck. Good luck, fellas. I'm telling you, I have significantly altered my position in 24 hours based on this board seat offer from Musk and his filing. This is huge. Sorry if this stuff doesn't fascinate you, ladies and gentlemen, maybe because I'm my equity stake in a number of tech companies. I'm fascinated by this topic, but I am assuring you what happened yesterday. Do not, oh, it didn't change it. No, no, it will. It will. I got more on this in a second, including the internet splintering in half. We're all going to have to make a decision soon. Let me get to my next sponsor first, Bowl and Branch. What are some things that keep getting better as you use them? A great leather jacket, we all know that. A cast iron skillet, solid wood furniture. Would you ever think sheets could be on that list? They're like a fine wine bowl and bread sheets. They aren't just buttery, breathable, and impossibly comfortable. They get softer with every wash. Every wash. I've had mine for about a year and a half now. And I'm telling you, we, there's nothing, we don't put anything else on the bed. Forget thread count. Bowl and branch gives you thread quality. doesn't matter how many threads your sheets have if they're not the best threads possible. Listen, I was never a big sheet guy. i got to be candid with you. 
But I can tell you the bowl and brand sheets, you know, I sleep is important to me and they made a big difference in my sleep quality. I'm really spoiled with the sheets. I just got back from a hotel and whenever you sleep in hotel sheets, you want to go right back to yours. Bowling Branch signature sheets come in nine versatile colors in all sizes from twin all the way up to California King. You'll immediately feel the difference of their iconic signature sheets. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Bongino at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowl, B-O-L-L, B-O-L-L, bowlandbranch.com. Pick up these sheets today. They are super comfortable. Bowlandbranch.com, bowlandbranch.com, promo code Bongino. You won't regret it. Thanks, Bowl and Branch. Okay. So just getting back to this topic, how everybody's in a bind here. Twitter's in a bind. Twitter executives are in a bind. Apple's in a bind with the App Store. Google's in a bind in the App Store. Amazon's in a bind. Do they, do they cancel their contract with AWS if, if Elon Musk pushes for Trump to get back on Twitter? What do they do? They don't know what to do. By the way, if they don't admit Trump back on the Twitter, Joe, Trump makes a fortune on True Social. They, I'm telling you, I start. what did I tell you in the beginning of the show? There is a fork in the road, folks. I'm telling you things are going to get better. Things are going to get better because they have to. I think we've hit the bottom. The internet splintering. Conservatives woke up about five, six years ago in mass to the big tech. Joe and I have been talking about this, by the way, in the parallel economy forever, yep. forever, for eons since I lived back in Maryland seven years ago. Axios, Sarah Fisher and Scott Rosenberg have an interesting piece. It'll be in my newsletter today, bongino.com slash newsletter. Listen, they're a left-leaning outlet, but this article is pretty good. America's internet is splitting along party lines. Red and Blue America have reacted to the current information environment in radically different ways. This is so true. Progressives are focused on making sure that existing media and online platforms crack down on misinformation. Keep that up, Keith. Yep. Progressives are missing this whole thing. I've been trying to explain this to the cat ladies of the world forever. While you focus on little isolated things, oh, bad these ads for this side. What you don't understand is right under your noses. Because of what you were doing, we were building entirely different ecosystems while you're sit there, sitting there focused on, you know, Warby Parker glass ads. Small timers, you're small timers. It notes the Axios piece that conservatives increasingly feeling disenfranchised by media from mainstream news outlets to social platforms have begun to invest in alternatives. Oh, you are darn right we have. You have no idea what's coming. You have no idea what's coming, leftist. Folks, I'm not, I'm not chest puffing on you here. I work all day. Like you, it's not a, a poor me story. I work all day. When I'm done with the show at three, sometimes I go to the gym, sometimes I don't. But I work until about seven to nine at night. And I'm on calls building out this parallel economy. Us, the Daily Wire, Elon, other uh, conservative wealthy investors are building out an entirely separate economy from these lunatics. While they sit there and focus on Equinox and leftist companies like Equinox Gym and Warby Parker, don't ever buy those glad. That's a lefty company there. Why they do that and they focus on small ball, we're hitting home runs. We are building out everything. On that note, I have an announcement coming up this Tuesday with another pretty prominent conservative, many of you know. Um, because of the explosive success of our payment processing service, ParallelEconomy.com, we, uh, we have a big announcement coming on Tuesday. Everybody's figuring it out, folks. You'll see what I mean more on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. Very, very excited. Things are good. I, why they focus on small ball. Like I said, we're hitting grand slams. Ban Warby Parker from your site. Can you do that? Keep wasting your time on that. Good luck. Smile, folks. It's a good day. You can tell I feel good today. I do. I woke up this morning after this after really digesting the Twitter Elon story and spending hours last night thinking it through and in conversations with tech friends of mine. And it really hit me how significant of a moment this is in America. So smile this morning. Chest out, chin up. The Dems are blowing it. They've blown it for a long time. And they refuse to look in the mirror. It's not just their, uh, their push for censorship, for censorship, their attack on free speech and other stuff. The Democrats have no ability to self-reflect at all. What do I always tell you? If you ever want to see, I hate to give them even emails, but 
Politico's playbook, they email it every morning. You can always, they're a bunch of radical lefties that run this thing. You can just tell by the way they write. But it's good to see what lefties are thinking. And every morning you'll get keen insight into what these lunatics on the left are doing. Now, folks, if you were asked to diagnose, right, why the left is losing support, Democrats are losing support. Joe, if, if I were to ask the average average American, not overly political like right. you and Guy and me, I mean, we live this every day. I mean, it'd probably be fair to say, listen, the defund the police thing was crazy. I don't want you sexualizing my kids. I don't want you, you teaching my kids they're racist. Um, the inflation thing really sucks. I mean, I'm paying a lot of money for gas. I mean, seriously, you're not, I mean, you're a political guy like me. We've been, but that's yeah. pretty fair, right? Like the average American would probably say, and then the, but Joe, do you think that's like some rocket science thing? It's pretty common sense, right? Like leave my kids alone. You know, I don't want to pay a lot for gas and food, right? Like that's it. That, folks, my point is not to state the obvious. My point is that the Democrats can't figure that out. Because I, the reason I bring this up is I get these emails from you all the time. Stop warning the Democrats. They're going to change. They're not going to change. Here, political playbook this morning. Why Biden's base is in distress. Democrats are desperately trying to understand. <laughs> Joe, they're desperately trying to understand. Yes, what's roiling? The, they can't figure it out. Here, here's the gist of it. They cannot figure out what's going on. They had to hire a bunch of focus groups. Here's what the focus groups told these idiots. The same things I just told you. They said, hey, Democrat idiots. Here's what we're concerned with. A preoccupation with inflation and crime. Gee, they care about prices going up and getting mugged. Oh my gosh. Democrats are like, we're stunned. How, how is that? People are exhausted with pandemic restrictions. Oh my gosh, Joe, I would have never guessed. They don't want to wear seven masks inside a church on Sunday or outside in Central Park. Stunning, Joe. Stunning. They're cynical about politics. Gee, why would that be? You got their kids being taught CRT and sexualizing them in kindergarten. Why would they be cynical? They have a deep frustration that Biden and the Dems have failed to deliver on promises. Oh, shocker there. They have sympathy for Ukraine, but they're really concerned about Biden spending too much time and money on the issue. Yeah, it kind of sounds like what I told you a few weeks ago, right, Joe? I had a conversation about, don't we have problems here? Border yes. crime sounds like something I said, right? And they have ambiguity over how important January 6th should be in Demo for, for Democrats in the midterms. In other words, um, nobody cares anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody cares anymore. The Democrats do. Listen to me. They will not change. Chest out, chin up. They are incapable of changing. It is a religion for them. What's obvious to you will never be obvious to them. That is why they need censorship. Because instead of changing their minds and making a better case to the American people, they want to censor the alternative. That, again, is why the Elon story is related to this. They can't change. BlackRock and their base won't let them change. They are maniacs. Here's another one from Politico. Florida Democrats want to win back Latino voters. It could be too late. One professor called Democrats' approach to Hispanic voters wrought with entitlement. Gee, you think? So uh, just to be clear, I don't want to speak for the entire uh, Hispanic population because then we'd be doing what the left does, which is stereotyping people. But I happen to be married uh, to a Hispanic woman uh, who's Colombian. Who's, I know her mom, and I happen to have a lot of Hispanic friends, Cubans, Venezuelans in the area. I don't pretend they speak for everyone. But I can tell you from personal experience dealing with them, including my friend over in my neighbor over in my other house over there in Palm City. Yeah, look at you, first world problems guy. I can tell you right now, they really don't like socialism and they are very social conservative. And the idea of you sexualizing their kids, the Hispanic voters, I know, I can't speak for everyone, the Hispanic voters I know, they don't really like that. But you keep doing it. Why is that? Is that the Black Rocks of the world and the moneyed interest telling the Democrats, you better double down on this stuff, but we're losing. It doesn't matter. Double down. We're leftist lunatics. Nah, you say they're not doubling down. Come on. They're not. Here's Jen Psaki yesterday, literally doubling down in the White House press room over the fake don't say gay bill that doesn't exist because they want to sexualize your kids. Responding to a question from Peter Ducey about what age is it appropriate where we sexualize kids? Brilliant. 
brilliant Peter Ducey question. Of course, Saki has no answer at all. Check this out. One about this new law in Florida. At what age does the White House think that students should be taught about sexual orientation and gender identity? Well, I would say, uh, first of all, Peter, um, we have spoken to uh, the Don't Say Gay bill in the past, I believe is what you're referring to, and made clear that uh, as we look at this uh, this uh, this law, uh, what we think it's a reflection of is politicians in Florida propagating misinformed, hateful policies that do absolutely nothing to address uh, the real issues. Again, I, I, I so deeply appreciate your feedback on this show. It matters to Guy, it matters to Joe, it matters to me. We read it, we see it, Jim reads it, we read it all the time. I get this one email more than anything. Dan, stop warning the left. Folks, I'm not warning the left, I'm warning you. The left is incapable, incapable of change. I'm telling you this so you double down to buoy your spirits and let you know we are not losing. We have been. The tides are turning. They can't stop. Saki knows the exact same thing that's in Politico playbook this morning. She is not stupid. She knows Democrat voters and focus groups are flipping them the double barrel middle finger family friendly version because of their culture war issues, ignoring domestic issues. And yet, what does she do? She goes out and says, hey, if I thought a gay bill, knowing socially conservative black and Hispanic voters are going to be like, wait, you want to sexualize my kids in kindergarten? Eh, I'm not really about that. I don't care. The black rocks of the world, their moneyed lobbyists and their radical leftist base, which is probably 20% of the party, owns them. Owns them. It's not just their big tech censorship conundrum, though. It's not just their inability to self-reflect that's hurting the Democrats. Folks, it's also the hypocrisy. Now, a, a Democrats being hypocrites is certainly nothing new. But I want to get to this next. I want to get to my last sponsor. Here's the po important point here. Back in Joe and my early days, when everything was ABC, NBC, and CBS, if Cronkite, Brokaw, Jennings, if they didn't mention it on the nightly news, ladies and gentlemen, it didn't happen. You right. could be a hypocrite. If you write Joe, if you were a hypocrite and, and Cronkite didn't mention it, nobody knew. Yeah, Story sure. might broke locally, but that's not the case anymore with social media. Now their hypocrisy is out there in the open. You see why the censorship is so important too over the Twitter platform? Why Musk scares them? I'm going to show you again why the Democrats are hemorrhaging voters, why you put your chin up and your chest out there. Hypocrisy is now out there for everyone to see. This BLM story is devastating. Okay. Again, why are they hemorrhaging voters, folks? The censorship regime is falling apart. They are incapable of self-reflection, doubling down on the culture wars, spending more money despite the inflation. If I can, I'll get to the story in Turkey, how Turkey has 61% inflation, 61%, the country of Turkey, and yet they're doubling down on more. This is what the Democrats are doing. But the hypocrisy is everywhere. Look at this Washington Examiner story by Andrew Kerr. BLM, they got busted purchasing a $6 million Los Angeles mansion with donor money. New report. Black lives matter. Joe, it sounds like a black life mattered. I don't know about lives. Hmm. Black life responsible for buying that $6 million mansion. Sounds like you were doing okay. Where are all the community centers that were, uh, that they talked about? Where's all the activists money in the communities trying to improve black lives. Sounds like one black life mattered to me. The person who bought that $6 million mansion. You see how the whole, and you see how BlackRock and all of these left-leaning companies, remember how they all came out in support of BLM? Remember that? Here's where your money went. Buy a nice big fat mansion for the top executives of BLM. Nice, huh? Remember Stacey Abrams? Thinks she's the governor of Georgia. Stacey Abrams was a big supporter of BLM. Remember that? Yeah, that's kind of interesting how the AP's reporting. She just reached millionaire status before her second campaign. That's interesting. She wasn't worth anything close to that before she became a politician. Kind of weird. A BLM and Stacey Abrams, they're men and women of the people, Joe. You know, from each according to their abilities to each according to their needs. It's really weird how they keep getting rich while you keep getting poorer. Kind of tough to vote Democrat, right? Ran it for the little guy. Meanwhile, you get screwed, they get rich. Matter of fact, here's one of the founders of BLM, Patrice Cullors. 
big hypocrite and fraud involved in this whole BLM grift with millions and homes and all this other stuff. Here she is on an infamous uh, uh, podcast video, whatever she did there. She's in an interview here and she's explaining to the host how she's, you know, a Marxist, you know, Marxism, where uh, everybody's supposed to be equal from each according to their abilities to each according to their needs. She's a trained Marxist. Here she is. Check this out. I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. And I think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folk. So she's uh quote, Joe, she say super versed on ideological theories in Marx. So uh, hmm. that's interesting because there are a lot yeah. of people who are super versed in Marx because you can actually read Marx. I was stuck reading it in college with a liberal professors. Like you need to read the Marx Engels reader. So uh, that kind of turned me conservative pretty fast <laughs> right there. So here is what Mark said about wealth. You know, the millions of dollars that uh, BLM, which she started, was grifting to buy mansions. Cato, Thomas Mayer notes in this article here that Marx formulated his ideas in the middle of the 19th century when much of Europe, uh, particularly England, was well along in what is often referred as the Industrial Revolution. The central Marxist idea was that those who had wealth, those who had wealth would reap the benefit of this revolution and become ever more wealthy while those who live from their labor alone would be relegated to a bare subsistence. So Patrice Culler says she's well-versed in that and the dangers of wealth, creating more wealth while the poor got poor, got poor. but it's kind of weird. The poor and middle class donated to BLM where she was, and then the group went and it accumulated more wealth. Kind of strange. Was she not warned? Was she not familiar with the Marxist ideology? She said she was super-versed. I mean, I'm just taking her word for it, right? Gee, why are we losing so many uh, Hispanic voters in Florida? Gee, I don't know, because the same people in Venezuela who are Marxist told them that, and the Venezuelans fleed here in mass. It is. It's such a head scratcher. Why are they losing Hispanic voters like Cubans and Venezuelans who fled Marxism and socialism while they're telling people how wonderful Marxism and socialism is while founding BLM and then taking people's money and grifting off to go get their own mansions, kind of like what happened in Venezuela and Cuba. Joe. Yeah. It is. I cannot figure yeah. it out. I'm scratching my head. Tell me again. <laughs> we got a double. We got a double. Tell me again. I love your emails again. But now do you understand why they cannot change? They are greedy. These people are losers. They have no ability to self-reflect. They are entirely beholden to their donor class, left-leaning corporations, and lobbyists who tell them, go left no matter what, even as they walk. Right off the cliff. Okay. A uh, couple more just quick stories I want to get to. It's a lot. Really, I told you it was a loaded show. I'm not even going to, for the first time in a while, we're not going to get through all the material, which, but like, if I can just tease tomorrow's show, which I rarely do, tomorrow's show is going to be very important. Something broke with the seizure of a very, very wealthy. It happened at the end of my show, at the end of my show prep, excuse me. For, so I didn't have time. I didn't want to shortchange it today. Something happened with a very wealthy uh, Russian. His yacht was seized. The connection to the Clintons is a huge, huge story. And very few people are, are, are making the connection. I'm going to get to that tomorrow. Kind of ties in a little bit to this. I would have covered it today, but it broke right as we were getting on the air. It would have been unfair to Guy to start the whole show over. That's why we we're a little late. There's so much material. Um, this Hunter Biden, it's related to the Ukrainian ATM and, and Hillary Clinton, who cashed in on it to them. Here, uh, Seamus Bruner and John Solomon, who both do great work. Uh, Hunter Biden sought to cash in with oligarchs, oligarchs during the first Russian war in Ukraine record show. Folks, again, I don't care if you rent the book from the library. I can't say this enough. I'm not really interested in making any money off it. It's not my interest. But please, my book, Follow the Money, please pick it up however you get it. There is a chapter called Insane in Ukraine. I'm begging you to pick up the book and read it. Borrow it, photocopy it. I really don't care. Please, 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 please. It is super important you read it. It'll explain to you how pro-Ukrainian, pro-European Union, and pro-Russian forces in Ukraine all paid off a bunch of wealthy Americans to influence policy over there. 
Ukraine was a piggy bank. It was an ATM for swamp rats for decades, folks, for decades. Hunter Biden was one of those swamp rats. Look at these new records. John Solomon notes that Hunter Biden, his team, they courted the Moscow mayor's wife, Baterina. Hunter Biden was securing lucrative board positions and consulting deals also with the Ukrainian oligarch, Mykola Zlachevsky, a man whose company Burisma, the U.S. and Great Britain, wanted investigated for corruption. Listen to this part. It explains the Ukrainian ATM. The delicate balancing act of cashing in on both the Russian and Ukrainian sides of the conflict left the younger Biden and his partners acutely aware that Moscow's military annexation of Ukraine in 2014, Ukraine's Crimean region in 2014, was a wild card that could scuttle the success of their business pursuits. The memo show. This is not hard. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, the swamp class. What they did, folks, is they took money from pro-Russian people who wanted Ukraine to align with Russia and pro-European Union, pro-Ukrainian people who wanted Ukraine to align with Europe. They cashed those checks. They went to Congress and said, pass legislation doing this, pass legislation doing that. They all got rich. Read my book, Insane in Ukraine, that chapter, and follow the money. It is. It will open your eyes. Soros, by the way, is knee-deep in all of this. Oh, all yeah. of it. All of it. You'll see it. How he tried to get these prosecute lists, his teams, and do not prosecute lists. How his teams and his organizations worked on that. And it appears they may have been influenced by business decisions. It was all about the money. All right, I got to run. We've been loaded today. It's a lot to talk about. I'm going to have to transfer some of this stuff to tomorrow. Tomorrow's show will be killer. Please don't miss it. This Hillary Clinton thing about this yacht seizure is a huge deal. Thanks for tuning in. Don't miss the radio show later. And please, 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 we're building the parallel economy. Got a huge announcement coming up on Tuesday. Please subscribe to my podcast on Rumble. We have to get away from these tech titans. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Thank you very much. I'll see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.